2: We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone.
3: That's who we in applesauce. Three words for that. Ooh, blah, blah when i'm wrong i say i'm wrong. Oh, it's gangbusters damn a shake again
2: and fail in a damn a shake
3: Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? Hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 70 of the Dave Damashek Football Program. Available, as always, on iTunes. Subscribe, won't you? Go ahead, make a comment, rate it, all that jazz. Seated to my immediate right, ready to talk about the world of football, the world of sports, and the world. It's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks
1: for having me. I'm grinning from ear to ear. You are? Why so? I am, as we are film, or taping this, rather.
3: It's Monday. It's Monday, we, Monday we usually do it on Tuesdays, yep. but, but a scheduling conflict. We're so busy mm-hmm. that we did it on Monday, which gives you now 48 hours to digest this podcast. Right. And we're going to go over our top... 50. Mm -hmm. I did. I, I, by the way, I should tell you, you know, the NFL network, of course, is doing its top 100 players of 2012. You and I have agreed that it's foolishness and we'll have our usual weekly podcast, our reaction podcast to that. Be on the lookout for it On, uh, on Wednesday night. Right after the show ends, you'll find it posted there by black tie behind the glass. In the meantime, though. I cooked up – I said let's each do our top 50. I couldn't help it. It ended up being right around 53, and I figured, well, that's the size of an active roster in the NFL, so that's what I decided to do. Plus, I I added some guys for my taxi squad. But it doesn't Mm -hmm. play out like a roster. It's not like I did that. Um, So you can look at that at uh, davedamashek.nfl.com. Mine will be up there. I think ranks will be up there as well. I'm a little behind on mine. Uh, You didn't finish it? No. Why not? You're so busy.
1: There's a lot of stuff going on. Like what? Well, let's see. The Kings are in the uh, Stanley Cup finals, since you uh, probably checked out of hockey a long time ago. And
3: anyone who heard our our debate a couple of weeks ago about uh, when we had our little Lemieux versus Gretzky debate... On the air, we everyone knows what a diehard hockey fan you are. That's you know what. Well, this is funny
1: because I did go on the LCS hockey show, and we've talked about this. And I'll admit this to anybody: I'm not a diehard hockey fan. I am an LA Kings fan, and I apologize to nobody for it because let's be honest: when I was growing up, six weeks ago, I don't care about when you were growing up. Shut up! Six
3: weeks ago, could you name could you name five current Kings? Absolutely. You could have, yes. Well, now I can't really disprove you because you've now late, been yes. watching, so you've learned them now. I've been watching.
1: We talk about it. I don't fo- Listen, I don't play fantasy hockey. I don't follow a lot of. Well, I don't play like fantasy hockey. And- hockey well, either. no. I mean, I guess you know your guys. Oh, you got, you're just not a great fan. Whatever. You know,
3: I'm an LA Kings fan, and that's it. Goes LA Kings number one. NHL goes below it. Well, listen. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna begrudge you that because that's the way I am too. With uh, when it comes to hockey, I root for my my hometown team before I care. I, I, there are certain sports. Football is really happens to be, and I'm not being a shill for the NFL. I'll sit and watch. Um, I'm trying to think of the worst possible matchup that you could create. What would mm-hmm. it be? Jacksonville versus this is the Bengals. Eh, well, then, as I have some rooting interest in the AFC North, but okay. yes, yeah, I take your point. Yeah. Jacksonville the Browns, versus yeah, the I mean, yeah. Seahawks. You're going to say, yeah, Brad, yeah, those two, two crumbum teams that don't mean anything to me. I'll still watch that enraptured, um, you know. But other sports, I don't generally sit. I don't sit around in November and watch the Sacramento Kings play the uh, Houston oh, Rockets, never. for instance. Yeah,
1: I can't. I can't tell you the last time I watched an NBA game that did not involve the Lakers. That was a regular season, I guess, because I did watch part of last night's, or excuse me, Sunday night's game between the the Heat and the Celtics. I tuned in for the last
3: five minutes for that. Well, like I've been talking about for the last, I guess, year now, year plus, two years, I am now rooting for LeBron. I'm outward. I was happy to see him nail a three, and I thought maybe he had pulled the game out with with the game on the line, but then he ends up getting fouled out there. I think it's become... More and more clear, though, that whoever gets out of the Eastern Conference is definitely going to be the team that loses to whoever comes out of the West. That that much I think we can agree upon. I don't Shaping th- up that the way. The Celtics man. and Heat could not beat either one of those teams in, in a seven-game series. I think the Heat could. I don't think the Celtics would have much of a chance. I just don't think they're going to have the matchups for that. Oh, listen to that. A, a little uh, old-school ding-dong on the uh, – You I'm, might want to hit the, the mood. <laughs> I didn't mean to say ding-dong, like, uh, you know, bing from AOL. That's right. right. I still have an AOL account. So what? It's 2012. Damashek's old school. All right. So uh, black tie behind the glass. I have my 53-man roster. I'd like to kibitz with it about rank and um, requested that you track down someone. Because in these NFL network hallways, there's always an ex-player to roaming around. And, in fact, we just recorded with Warren Sapp the other day a new NFL that uh, will be ready for your consumption soon so be on the lookout for that. I maybe it's sap did you get a player? You said you did get a player to come on and react to my list because the my, the idea behind you getting a player for us is the players the current players vote on this top 100 list and rank and I find it foolish as do many Americans who look at this and say are they watching football? Where did they come up with this list? What it plays as is a way to honor long-standing vets. Ray Lewis in 2011 was the fourth best player in the NFL. That's all you need to know to know that it's that it's just rubbish. Of course, Ray Lewis isn't. It wasn't last year. The fourth best player in the NFL, and John Kuhn this year is not the 92nd best player. There's some weird respect thing that goes on here, and I'd like to get to the bottom of that. And in the meantime, talk about our list. Anyhow, did you get us a? Uh, did you get us an ex-player there? I did. I believe I did. You want to take a guess who it is? I just said, "What do you want to play? Twenty questions, or you just want me to guess?" I just he said, just said Warren, Warren Sapp. Sapp.
4: No, not Warren Sapp. It is
3: not Warren Sapp. No. All right, give me a clue. That's that's too big of a
1: of a get for for Black Tie. What? Go
4: ahead, it's give the me it. Same g- guy who got you, Jalen Rose.
1: You did, or like, did yeah, I just but, walk but, into but, the green but, room?
4: Anyway, um, well, here's uh here's a little trivia for you, Dave. He was drafted in two thousand and one. Mm-hmm. All
3: right. Two thousand and one, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's definitely obviously not Sap. It's has, not Marshall Falk. It's not Michael Irvin. Relax
4: hold on, hold All on. All right,
3: I'm eliminating. I'm telling who it It Has
4: a unique interest in a Dunkin' Donuts franchise.
3: What? Has a unique interest. What he owns a Dunkin' Donuts? Maybe one day. Alright, so are you are you no, no. saying Last one. that he's heavy?
4: <laughs> um he's also he's also been a teammate of two cover boys on Madden.
1: Hmm.
3: Comparable. Freddie Mitchell. Wait,
1: Freddie Mitchell's a, coming in here. That's got,
3: a nice one. He he works at the NFL Network, though. Correct. He does. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's not drafted Freddie Mitchell. two thousand and one. Who was drafted in 2001? Go to the top of that list there. Uh, rank, rank. Oh, you'd have up you Michael draft. Vick. It's not Michael Vick because he does not work here. Leonard He's Davis,
1: th- Justin Smith. Is that does Ladainian Tomlinson work here yet? Corrin
3: Robinson. Todd Heap, Reggie You'll find Wayne. out later. That. Don't worry about it. We're going to find the out. The bottom
4: line is you have a guess. Yes.
3: Well, I'm just trying to think. It can't be Kurt Warner. So it, it could be, I believe I know who it is, and I'm not going to say who it is. He is named after a candy bar. Oh. Is that correct? T.J.
1: Hushmanzada.
3: No, that's not who I was talking about. Heath, correct? Maybe. Heath Evans. Super could Bowl be. champion. New Orleans Saints champion, previously yeah. with the uh, with uh, Belichick's Patriots. Oh, that'll be a perfect guy. You know why? Rank fullback. Yeah, that's our biggest complaint with these with this list is seeing Vontae Leach and John Kuhn and goodness knows who else um, on that top one hundred list. But before we do that, let's uh, let's get into it here. Let's get into the the uh, very popular segment created by our own. Black tie. The
1: blacklist. Black tie reads current events. The blacklist. Damn shake and if are coming. The black blacklist. The blacklist.
4: Alright guys, as you guys know, well I don't know if you do know, but rookies have been in the news a whole lot. You know, RG Three saying Kirk Cousins is no competition. Um Lauren Tannehill shoot with uh, that
3: doesn't seem very nice for RG three to say that.
4: Hold on, hold on, let me get through. Let me get through. And also Justin Blackman's second DUI in two years. Ah, <sighs> uh, so yeah, rookies all but over it the did, news. It
3: did give us a a legendary mugshot. It was,
4: it was. It's on NFL.com right now. It's pretty
1: fantastic.
4: It's pretty awesome. Anyway, hashtag rookie predictions. Who wins the rookie of the year and who is the bust of the year?
3: Rookie of the year will be Robert Griffin III. I believe I like um, I like some of his pass catching options. I think more and more that um, like we wrote about. A matter of fact, should promote the fact. Me and Rank and our pals, our fantasy pals, uh, Michael Fabiano and Money Smith and Elliot Harrison and Jason Smith. Everybody got together on this uh, on the new. NFL.com fantasy kit, which is – it's June now, so it's time to start getting ready for your fantasy draft, especially if you're in a keeper league or you're going to be trying something new like an auction league. We gave all our thoughts, sleepers, deep sleepers, busts, breakouts, strategy, so on and so forth. Get in there and, uh, and go all – and uh, think, uh, you know, peruse throughout, you know. Pick it – and by the way, I don't know if I like the way – if you look at the page – Everybody has their own tab to it, so mm-hmm. like if you only want to get Fabiano's advice, that's all the only persons you need. I'm very worried about how the how those results play themselves. How those out. numbers go? Yeah. Yeah. What if what if I like get what if I get like uh, you know uh, ten thousand less than everybody else in terms of clicks? Yeah, I don't think you have to then worry what? about that. Then what happens?
1: Then well, that person will be me. So don't worry about it. I'll, I'll be bringing up the rear. Who do
3: you think? Who do you think comes in last in that competition? With, <laughs> yeah. this could be embarrassing. I don't yeah. want to talk about. No, it. I think it'll be and bring big. attention to what is my possible shame. Robert Griffin the third. I the thing I talked about is that I expect. That uh, that you know, just as Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez did last year, and that the Patriots figured out that there's a lot of empty space uh, up the middle of the field now. A lot of teams are going to be doing that, and I think that uh, a team that's really ready to do that is with a lot of speed now added on the outside is the uh, is the Redskins. I think they're going to be able to do that quite a bit. Cooley, we'll see how he comes back. Fred Dave is coming back. That's a nice duo of pass catchers coming out of the the H-back or tight end spot there and let the speed open the field up for him. Um, On the outside's RG3 should put up a lot of points. So I'm going with him. And Trent Richardson's an interesting option. Justin Blackman, I didn't think he was going to be the MVP, but it does put a crimp into my into my comment that one of my deep sleepers was blaine gabbert i thought that he might actually have a nice breakout this year because they've added some halfway decent wide receivers plus they have mjd presumably coming back to that team to the depending on whatever happens with this holdout jazz but anyway so what do you what say you there rank i'm gonna say andrew luck will end up being the rookie of the year could be
1: still got reggie wayne so got Reggie Wayne, got Kobe Fleener there, the tight end that, you, you know, his but, friend. And these guys can't work out with the Colts because Stanford was still in school or their their commencement went too late in the year and they missed a lot of the OTA. So they'll be able to work out together. They already have the chemistry. And when you look at Andy Luck's numbers from the combine and you compare them about compare them to what Cam Newton did last year, very similar. So the thing I like about him, he'll be able to run Run for some touchdowns and everything. And he'll, you know, he'll bring that team back. They'll probably be, you know, close to seven and nine, a little bit better than last year. The thing I don't like about RG3 is that his coach is bat crap crazy. And he's got, he goes out and he drafts Kirk Cousins. I, I imagine that there will be a point this season where RG3 is benched for a non injury reason. And we'll all be shaking our heads like, you know, what's this guy doing? It's going to take –
3: Chanatan does crazy things sometimes.
1: So it's going to take RG3 probably at least another year to his next coach to really uh, – to reach his potential.
3: All right, But I'm not I, saying he's going to be a bust. But you yeah. ask bust, I'm going Shea McClellan of the Bears. Not necessarily because he's not going to be a, a halfway decent nfl But I thought at number 19 there, there was a chance to get – a good offensive lineman, a great offensive lineman. Everybody loves this uh, Steelers guard, David DeCastro. They could have had somebody like that drop him into a lousy offensive line. I don't, I didn't see the need. I know they needed a pass rusher, but to reach on a guy in that spot when there were some guys that are considered to be just about guarantee successes in the in the league. That's I, I predict that people are going to be wringing their hands in Chicago over that one for the next uh, five to ten years. All right, that's that's our answer there.
4: All right, guys. T.L., as you guys know, he got released from the IFL team last week. Well, this week he cut ties with Drew Rosenhaus, his agent, for so many, so many years. And now he's signed with a new agent with hopes of returning to the NFL. So my question to you guys is. Is he a
3: dummy? Yes. Next. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag yes.
4: More likely to make an hashtag NFL return McNabb or T.L., his old running mate in Philly.
1: All right. If I like I the see. way you phrased it. If I say those two, I think there's a better chance of Dieter Brock coming back to the NFL.
3: Oh, you stinker! Rank takes <laughs> uh, expands his lead to four, I believe, all time. You were in the organic reference to Dieter Brock game that you we were, have going here. You on were the closing. You were closing it. So it's all right. You opened it up. A, now I'm going to need two scores. Now I can't. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can't uh, tie the score with one trip down the court. Um, I think that um, To. I, th- I think the answer is Donovan McNabb. He's, he'll catch on with somebody. He'll groom some QB, presumably, but maybe he'll even get a shot to, to start um, sort of like Matt Hasselbeck last year. Or in fact, uh, Donovan McNabb last year. But he was a heavier fella last year when he went into Minnesota to try and beat out uh, Christian Ponder. I think he'll catch on somewhere. T.O., this, I, I, you know, I when people get in trouble with the law, you always hear, oh, who's going to step up and sign this guy? Who's going to sign Pac-Man Jones? No one will ever sign Michael Vick when he gets out of jail. Yeah, he is. If he can play, people will. T.O. is now old and a pain in the butt and clearly is diminishing in skills but is no less crazy. I think he's done for. The shame of it is, one As I've said before, once you get past... The clear-cut answer of Jerry Rice is the best wide receiver. One of the craziest things to think about is who's the second best wide receiver in NFL history. If you go by my rule that that the game doesn't really start until the late fifties, if you you know, I know you love your Don Hudson and guys who played a hundred years ago. Crazy but Legs Hirsch. It was a well, listen, it was an irrelevant sport. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a premier sport. It was a fringy kind of a sport. So I don't really care what happened back in nineteen twenty-eight, but. The uh, in, in uh, certainly listen. There weren't black people playing the sport. And that's I mean that you could. How about if we make that the rule? Jackie Rob pre Jackie post Jackie because that's a good way. To, well, that's N- a decent way to 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 judge it. The NFL integrated before Major League Baseball. That shows you so. how irrelevant NFL was that nobody talks about that. That the only sport that mattered was baseball. It didn't make a difference that the NFL did it because it was too fringy a sport for it, for it to hit the radar. Point is, who is in the last you know in the last sixty seventy years who's the best second best wide receiver? You make a great case for Michael Irvin, and not just because he works here at the NFL Network. Yeah, you know, you're not just trying to curry no, favor because trust me, he has no idea who you are or who I am. He does actually. He he, he, he got know, embarrassed delightful. one time because he, he's he, delightful he, guy. Yeah, but the thing with Michael Irvin is that a
1: guy who could have put up the statistics had he played on an offense where they fed the receiver when they got close to the goal line. But he he and Troy Aikman both kind of deferred their careers, personal statistics, in in, in lieu of winning. And, you know, when they got the ball down towards the the goal line, they would hand the ball to at Smith over and over again. This is why Emmitt Smith was setting all those touchdown records. He also had a viable threat right there with Jay Novacek. So, yeah, I like Michael Irvin as the uh, second receiver all time. But we're getting off track. Great
3: hands and everything else. But, I mean, I think that, you know, Randy Moss and T.O., it's a hard uh, thing to figure out because Randy Moss took off entire years in Oakland and then the way he left the NFL the first go-round. We'll see. If he has one more – act left in his career though. If he can show up in San Francisco and be a difference maker there, then I think he will clearly be number two. TO every step of the way, pain in the butt, could never reform his ways. And the shame for him is if if you're Drew Rosenhaus or TO or anybody else, you just think, man, oh man America once again proves how willing it is to forgive anything with Tiger Woods winning that championship and everybody acting and celebrating like this is the greatest thing in the world. I understand golf people are excited because it makes their sport more relevant, but everybody just, I just get the impression that the average person's like, woohoo, Tiger's back. Isn't that <laughs> awesome? Why is that so great? I don't know why. I mean, the point is, I'm not making a moral judgment. He's, uh, he's once again, if you would have told me people would be cheering wildly for Tiger Woods three years ago, I would have said, I don't believe that. I think he's done for. But, uh, again, time heals almost all wounds in the eyes of America, and T.O. just can't get it out of his own way. He's too much a dummy. Next question on the black list.
4: Took you guys long enough. But, uh, what a cre- <laughs> Who are
3: you to judge? We answered it completely and beyond. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Hashtag enough out of you. Thank you.
4: All right. Seriously now, uh, Richard Dawson. As you guys know, he Ah, passed on Saturday. Yeah, 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 very sad. Hashtag RIP Richard. But my question to you guys is: What would you remember him most from? The Running Man, Match Game, or Family Feud?
3: Well, you have left out Hogan's Heroes. That's a pretty big one too. I know that's before your time, there, Black Tie. But that was the whole thing is before his time. Yeah, that's true. Um, To me, I go Match Game, the greatest uh, game show of all time, with the possible exception of uh, $20,000 pyramid, the, but the point is we lose Dick Clark and now we lose Dick Dawson, the two, to me, the two beacons in game show history, the two greatest that there ever were, the, you know, host-wise, and then Dick Dawson, of course, then goes over as a contestant, a recurring celebrity contestant, a match game, enjoyed his uh, his belts there, and then goes <laughs> on to family feud and starts the bizarre and never-repeated, to my knowledge, tradition of kissing every... Single woman who's on the show kisses him on the mouth. He mouth kisses him. Sometimes (laughs) her husband, sometimes their fathers are standing there. What gives creepy, but but I admire it in a weird way.
1: And he was a smoker is what we could tell from the match game. So he had to
3: have. Some sort of like camel breath going on or something oh, yeah. like that they all too. enjoyed booze that, that, the match game that 's what they did in between shootings they would they would shoot five at a time you know mm. they would shoot them oh they 'd have one long marathon session, and in between individual episodes they would stop down and they would uh, they would uh, legendarily have a have a few belts there what a great what a great why don't why we don't do that now here at the network or why there isn't a game show that just is doing that right now I I don't know
1: wasn't that supposed to be Burt Convy's gig like they were rebooting the match game and uh that's when Burt Convy got sick and then ultimately died but yeah I think Burt Convy was there he was going to revive it you're kidding me and then they then when he died the guy they brought in to replace him he's not Burt Convy so it's not going to be as good That's weird because if you think of a Mount Rushmore, that'd be great to have like like a Mount Rushmore of game show hosts. And you're talking, you know, Richard Dawson. Bert I think it would be like
3: Joker's Wild. It would Gene just be Raven. the big face cards of those people. I don't think it would be a Mount Rushmore kind of thing. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was the theme song. Best game show ever. Rank. It was the Match Game. You think it was Match? Yeah, I, I love Match Game. You know, you can't. Well, you know what the one people sleep on a little too often. Price is right. It's been there for so long, people forget it. I don't Mm -hmm. love it with Drew Carey, but spinning the wheel and putting the golf ball and the alpine climber. I mean, there's so many great (laughs) little. uh, The the, how can you not like it? If you don't like it, then you don't like anything because there's every game under the sun played. That's the beauty of Price is Right. You never know what game you're going to get on a given day. I always liked the one too where you had ten guesses. You had to write on the piece of paper they gave you, like. Here, here's your car. You win a car. <laughs> We're giving you five numbers. You have to pick the four and put them in the right order. And he kept pushing the. Oh, that was that was the one that drove you crazy. Yeah. Watching People because they would repeat the ones they already did. The crowd's going crazy. Like no, no, you <laughs> wrote that one. Who's the one? And how does everybody in the crowd suddenly know they're an expert on what a Cuisinart goes for? I know. Everybody, but yeah, everybody has such passionate opinions yeah. on higher or lower. No, are you crazy? That bottle of Windex is not $3.79. It's definitely lower. <laughs> That's, it, it is weird. All right. But wait, wait. Before we do that, before we go away. Did I skip answering the question? No, the because question? we still
1: have to also acknowledge
3: uh, Richard Dawson for The Running Man because he was a, an actor. Wonderful. Hogan's Heroes. By the way, I don't, I Running know, Man, what was that with this, this Hunger Games movie? And this was basically and the same thing, right? I don't understand how that how they get away with doing that, but all
1: right. Yeah, the Butcher of Bakersfield. Where was where was he in the Hunger Games? It's also the thing. I love Hogan's Heroes. That I wish used I, to be
3: sub zero, <laughs> now just plain zero.
1: <laughs> Great one-liners, but Hogan's Heroes. I want to know what happened in the pitch meeting where some guys like, I got an idea for a TV show. It's a group of POWs. In a German, you know, not a German prisoner of war it's camp. Not,
3: it's not a quarter century after the Nazi scourge almost destroyed the earth. And they have these wacky. You're like, who greenlit this? Well, think about that. Think about that. So so by that standard, in about 10 years or so, I'm getting ready to pitch my uh, my zany Benny Laden story. My Ben. Oh, they, oh they're, they're, it's their slapstick. They can't get out of their own way. They're so silly. They're, they're living in caves, or <laughs> oh, it'll be great. Yeah, that is a that's a good point you make. Yes, yeah. See the Nazis, yeah, they're they're morbidly obese like Schultz, <laughs> or they're they're uh, yeah they're 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 boobs and clowns, and yeah. the 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 POWs are running everything anyway.
1: And they and they go back and forth with like no like no regard for anything. They're just like in and out of the camp. I don't know. Great show. Terrific show. <laughs> All right, Black Tie. Is that that? You know, the question, though, you know, I will say match game is Richard Dawson for me.
3: Sorry. You I know mean, what? What's, what's the world going for is the feud. Obviously, they're going to know him for the feud. Let me tell but- you. Let People me taste with something. discerning taste buds know match games the best show there is.
1: Can we not have a few minutes I'm sorry that it, it cost us, you know, a couple of your precious minutes of your tight forty five to talk about one of the greatest game show hosts of all time. Sorry, you know, no, he was a big part of my childhood, and I want to talk about Richard Dawson. I'm gonna talk about him.
3: And I'm gonna say one more thing about speaking of games, Pro Bowl back in uh in the- is gonna be back next year. I don't see the point. I don't like it. I would never play in a Pro Bowl if I were an NFL player. I would be honored by being named to the team but I would take a pass on going into the game why because guys are 300 pounds and they fall where they fall and if they fall on your knee your career can be ruined and I would never play in a game that doesn't count for anything
1: I don't know understand why this doesn't happen more often that yeah I'm gonna play I want to play you know blah 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 and then somehow Thursday in practice you know I feel some tightness in my hamstring
3: I just I would just wouldn't be for me I wouldn't yeah I would never sign up for such nonsense and as I've said instead the game that should be played is forget the NBA lottery. They should have the two worst teams play for the first overall pick. The Garbage Bowl, the Loser Bowl, you know, like I've submitted before. Like it could be sponsored by Jenny Craig or whatever Nutra System. It'd be the new, you know, the Jenny Craig Loser Bowl. And the two worst teams play. The winner gets the first overall pick. Who wouldn't let, watch that? Everybody ask, would. Let me
1: ask you this question uh, St. Louis FC had the second overall pick in the draft. Would they be able to trade this spot in the loser bowl to somebody? Sure.
3: Yeah, I think the same rule. Yeah, same thing as anything else. If you yeah. win it, you can do with it as uh, with it. Do with it what you will. And you would play that the week before the Super Bowl? Yeah. Or would you want to wait and then maybe
1: put it between that Sunday in between the Final 4 and the NCAA Championship
3: game? No, because you can't leave those two teams twisting that long. Those two teams actually have to play. They would have stopped down first weekend of January and then their, their next game would be three weeks. Later. Uh, that's not too long a wait
1: for No, me. I get what you're saying.
3: Um, all right. And uh, and so while uh, Black Tie goes and gets – that's the end of the black list. And while you go and get uh, Heath Evans, let me just tell you, Rank, I have a Heron Rodgers, no surprise there. Mm-hmm. What do you think about me sticking Calvin Johnson in at number two? I'm, it's In terms of <clears throat> dominance at a position, I think I can argue effectively Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger – maybe Eli Manning, although I wouldn't try there, but some people do, May and uh, not Cam Newton in terms of achievements, but talent and everything else and where he might be headed. I can make an argument that it's pretty narrow, the difference from uh, you know those top six or seven names. Mm-hmm. But Calvin Johnson's easily now. Even in a league with Larry Fitzgerald, as good as he's been for as long as he's been good, Calvin Johnson was the clear-cut best receiver. There's no doubt who you would take if you were a general manager, right? May- I mean, maybe you get... I have a handful of GMs that would say I'd rather have Lair Fitzgerald, but Calvin Johnson is it. He's he's the preeminent pass catcher. There's no I mean, I don't think there's any doubt. about. He's it.
1: the guy. Yeah, you're what you're saying is not incorrect. I'm still going to put him below Aaron Rodgers,
3: Drew Brees, Tom Brady and Steve Smith. So you have Calvin Johnson there at number four. Yeah, You're actually, I Steve moved it. Smith, you were cracking wise. My number
1: one is Steve Smith. Steve Smith comes on the show on the regular. I see.
3: So just He's say that on the record, even though what you've written goes against Doesn't that. Matter. You're just saying Steve Smith in case he listens to the podcast. Yeah, and I also, I didn't do, we talked about it going into this. I've made my list now. I just did not rank individual offensive linemen. I instead did total offensive lines. Patriots, Saints offensive line dominant. Um, the Texans O line that uh, that really manhandled the Ravens and other teams all last season. That's the reason for Arian Foster's success. By that logic, I maybe should move Arian Foster down from number ten, actually, because he's the beneficiary of uh, of that great line. Ben Tate time, nearly right. had a thousand yards. That's exactly right. So all right, Rank here he comes into studio sixty-six right now, and enough with these players. You know, the players I, I'm not going to hang this one on Heath. It's not his fault what the current players are doing. But obviously, as you and I have discussed at great length, their list last year and this year is nothing but hooey and applesauce. These ridiculous assertions that that uh, fullbacks belong in the top 100 players. I mean, well, okay, I gotta go. I got <laughs> got a little excited. That over was there. maybe a slip of the tongue. Well, let's say hello to him, the man. You know, you watched him play for the Dolphins, Patriots, and the I was World like Champions leaving out the Dolphins. Saints.
2: It was so brief, six weeks, and the Nick Saban told me I wasn't good enough. Is that then, right? Is that <laughs> and what he and told then Bill you? Belichick thought I was. So I'm still trying to figure out if I'm
3: good or not good. I don't know. That is weird. That's yeah. what Nick Saban well, actually called well, you yeah, in I and s- said. I started for six
2: weeks, and then they said, we're going to cut you. And then Bill said, hey, we'll take you. And I said, oh, thanks. Y'all just won three Super Bowls.
1: Yeah. Nick, what have you done?
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a nice yeah. upgrade. Right. That's but aren't sort of- they,
1: they're buddies, though, right? Isn't that the thing? Like him and Belichick? Uh, I, I think Nick says that,
3: you know. Is that – you're, you're a player, but I I do wonder this. I would love to ask a, a, a personnel guy this question too. Do you imagine – I? because to me, I think that there's no greater indictment of a guy like Matt Liner than when Pete Carroll doesn't go and get him. If he's a free agent – and there's a need a QB for the Seahawks, well, it seems like you know Pete Carroll can say all he wants about, hey, I think, uh, yeah, of course Matt Leiner can make it in this league. Then go get him. You know all about him. If you don't want him, then shouldn't everybody else in the league sort of raise an eyebrow and say there's something fishy going? It's the same thing as Andy Reid saying that, uh, oh, yeah, Donovan McNabb deserves a roster spot. Hey, I think you can upgrade the backup QB spot for your <laughs> Eagles too there. Why don't you go get him if he's so great?
2: Oh, well, I mean, it says a lot. You know, and I always say this, the NFL fire is different than college fire. Matt Leinart, obviously a stud college quarterback. And maybe, given a long chance in this business at this level, maybe he can get it done. But like you said, what Pete Carroll says, or doesn't say anything at all by
1: not going to get him, it does speak volumes. Yeah. Carroll did try to sign him two years ago, though. Who did? Carroll and the Seahawks. He did? Two years ago. I and remember they, that. I remember the, uh, he floated
3: the name, but I don't recall them actually making the Texans, a bid for him.
1: Yeah, the Texans somehow blocked it, or they had... They had some way to bring him back, and so, yeah, so Carol did have interest in him two years ago, but still, I mean, it's We're not talking really- about now, yeah, come on.
3: All right, well, Heath, I know you've uh, you've talked about it a great deal, and by the way, I, we're going to get to uh, my. It's not a top five; it's a top fifty-ish kind of. I, I I've had enough. Frank and I bellyache week after week about the the votes that the players are making, mm-hmm. and we're going to get to it in a second here. I did my fifty-three because it's an active roster plus a taxi squad. Rank did his fifty, but real quick, talk about Drew Brees. I know you've you've already been uh, yapping about that quite a bit over the last couple months here, but to, uh, to me. Is Drew Brees, is he able, and and is that basically the way it's going to work down there, that he's going to at least be the, the offensive coordinator? Is that going to be the vibe down there?
2: He is able and capable of everything they ask him to do. And the thing that comes with Sean Payton's offense is you've got to be an absolute brain surgeon. You've got to be as sharp as they come. And there's more ask of a Drew Brees than there is of Tom Brady, and probably even more of a Peyton Manning. I mean, there is uh, the length of the play calls alone is ridiculously long. I mean, I feel like you know he had to riddle off a, a paragraph in the huddle just to figure out what he was doing. But um, he proved last year during the lockout that he was capable of putting on a full eight week offseason, running offense, running defense through Jonathan Vilma. Um, he got it done. They need to get this guy in camp to get him now. He's kind of the glue piece, but he's also kind of the, he's that calm before the storm guy. He's a guy that no matter what's going on, can kind of bring this level, steady peace of mind to that team in a way that um, I've never seen anybody do it.
3: Well, what happens? I mean, we saw the, the Colts and Rank and I both assert that that team, that Peyton Manning ends up looking better for what happens to the Colts in his absence, because that team was, was pretty flawed anyway. I think they would have gone eight 8-8 and eight or 7-9 and nine with Peyton Manning. I think they mm-hmm. were set up to really have a lousy year with him under center, and obviously they were they were atrocious without him. What I, w- Would this team win a game without Drew Brees? Definitely.
2: I mean, because I think you look at spags alone, that defense is going to create a, enough confusion, even minus uh, a Vilma and a Will Smith for a while, that uh, the defense is going to get enough turnovers to win games by themselves at times. You look at the offensive line that you got on your list to, what, number 33, Saints offensive line, you know, uh, somewhere around there, um, this team is, is super talented. It's the most talented football team I've ever been on. So they're going to win games with or without him. And Chase Daniel is, is a quality backup, but Drew Brees here, here is is the best quarterback in the business.
3: Well, make make the call right now. I know it's just June. Do they do they have enough to the Falcons? I'm not a huge Matt Ryan guy. But those uh, those pass catchers uh, that they have, they've uh, they've added some nice pieces on defense. Now, the Buccaneers seem to be the pick everybody's making. Now they're going to go last to first is what everybody's yapping about <laughs> yeah. now, and maybe they will. You know, maybe they'll at least get into the playoffs with the new coach in there. But do you uh, I- expect the Saints to uh, to take the South? If if Drew is there, yeah, you and do. I think you they think do they, do they get the, both those
2: teams? I think they do with eleven wins. And don't forget about Carolina. I mean, this is a team now. Um, Cam Newton, second year. Talk about three capable backs. They added Tolbert, um, a defense that was decimated by injuries last year. I think the second-place team in that division is Carolina. Really? Yeah.
3: Wow, um, that's your wild card
2: That defense, I mean, listen, <laughs> that team is locked and loaded. And my two years with the Saints, they're a very physical team. They play great on special teams. And so all these linebackers that were starting last year will now be on special teams because you get Mm -hmm. your two starters back in Beeson and Jones or Thomas uh, Jones, and then you draft draft the kid out of Boston College. I always butcher his last name, so I'm not even going to try to say it. Um, So you've got three starters at linebackers that are now back on special teams. Uh, Your special teams takes a huge upgrade. Your offense, I can't say enough about Coach Jenski, their offensive coordinator. I haven't seen anything like Who's it. Who's going to catch jump.
3: passes, though, besides Steve Smith? That's the problem. Well,
2: this is the thing, and this is what I love about the Tolbert pickup in the offseason. Hmm. The thing about offensive football is you want to dictate to defense what you can put on the field. And when, when you've got a, a Stewart and, and a Williams and then a Tolbert uh, and a Cam Newton, you can dictate regular defensive personnel on the field all the time and you can have Olsen and Steve Smith on that field and you could dominate regular defensive personnel four down linemen three linebackers or three four teams and you dictate offensive mismatches all day long and there's some creativity going on there this offseason I guarantee there's going to wow people early on next offseason
3: well if, if you are correct the NFC South may well be the best division in football then well, because the NFC North is going to be ooh. mighty but tough you know, as always. Yeah, but I mean, the, if if Carolina's legit, who's going to be the weak sister in that division? Maybe the Saints. No, maybe Atlanta. I, well, that, you know, I, is it the Matt Ryan thing? What is no, it? No, it's or? not
2: the Matt Ryan thing. It's just I I love Coach Smith, but I always say their team has yet to take on the demeanor of their head coach. When we played Jacksonville as a player, when Coach Smith was the defensive coordinator down there, you knew what you were in for all day long. I mean, you were probably going to win the game because Jacksonville just wasn't very good, but that defense was going to beat you down physically. They were mentally, physically uh, tough, disciplined defense. This whole Atlanta squad is yet to take on that persona of their head coach. When they get it, with the talent they have, they'll be scary. Until they grasp it, they're an average football team.
3: All right, well, now let's look at my 53. Rankin did his 50, like I say here. What about, though, you're a fullback, so go ahead, <laughs> make the case. How can you possibly, in an age where we co- – all you ever hear about, you, I'm sure, have said it at least 17 dozen times since you joined NFL Network, you've called the NFL a quarterback league. Yeah. So how can you, in in this age, where nobody even – play? Well, not nobody, but – most teams don't even use a lead back like that anymore. He's like you say, more like a Mike Tolbert, who maybe catches some passes and is. And, and I mean Avante Leach, and forget. I mean John Kuhn is the most ridiculous name on this. He wouldn't be. He does not belong in the top two hundred in my book. But go ahead, make the well, defense. Why would a fullback be in here? Let's start with
2: John Kuhn. All right. He's more than a fullback. That's why. It's a player voted on list. I'm not talking about y'all's list. I'm talking about the one, the top 100 that airs on uh, our network.
3: Yeah, but that's because you know why you guys do this? It's because it's- you want to honor each other, and that's how Ray Lewis last year won the fourth best player in the NFL in 2011. It's it's
2: respect, as, yes. as Professor Dukes would call it. It's, uh, you know, street cred. Uh, but the one thing Ray Lewis brings to the table is an intimate knowledge of the game. And so anytime you're playing Ray Lewis, you walk up to the line, he sees a formation. I don't want to say 50% of the time, but a lot of the time he's screaming out a play call that you potentially were getting ready to snap just by formation recognition and everything. So when you play Ray Lewis, the respect he garners is that of a top 10 player in this business. But back to John Coon. He's a third down back. He's a fullback. He's a short yardage goal line back. He is a guy that never makes mistakes. There's not too many guys in this business that when you look around, you can say, man, this guy never makes mistakes. So when you get a player voted on list, a guy that impacts that Packers offense the way he does in so many different situations, that's why you find him on the list. Now let's go to Leach. He's there because every linebacker in the league, whether they're admitted or not, is scared of him. And so they put him there to hopefully make him happy so he wouldn't hurt him the next following year because that guy is a monster. <laughs> a totally different type of pullback than I ever was. John Kuhn and I, I'm not as good as John is, but that was my time. I was on the field on third down. I was short yardage. I was goal line back for Belichick. College. So th- that's a more of a multifaceted type back. Bontalich, he doesn't want to catch the ball. He doesn't want to run the ball. He wants you to put a linebacker to his face, and he wants to try to bend his face mask every single down. That's why
1: he's so high on that list. You know, that's a very lucid, a uh, cogent <laughs> argument. Uh, overruled. <laughs> still wrong. It's still a fullback. Baltimore,
2: AFC champions, right? Or uh, championship, excuse me. Could have you, you, been. You, you, right. look, you look at, at, uh, at Pittsburgh. Um, you look at the Texans, teams that run the football. They're going to hunker down and run the ball. They have fullbacks that are on the field, down in and down out. Call it 50, 55% of their snaps. There's a lot of good teams that were in the final eight that had fullbacks on their rosters that played a lot. I firmly believe the Patriots, they hunker down and run the ball better. The Giants are another one. Now, the fullback, Mm -hmm, a very good fullback. You know, the Super Bowl champs, they run the ball in a two back set a lot of the time. The Patriots won three Super Bowls with a fullback under Charlie Weiss on the field a whole bunch. Nothing against Tom Brady. He's either 1A, 1B, or 1C on my list, however you want to put the top three. But you have got to be able to run the football, and you have got to be able to set the tone physically if you're going to win Super Bowls. The Giants proved it, and the Patriots are proving it too the last two times. 07, we completely abandoned our game plan I thought I would have played 45 snaps in that game.
3: Could have been very mm-hmm. easily. Could have been yep. Ravens 9 or Super Bowl, yep. two teams that uh, probably prefer them. to run the ball than throw the ball. But so then that begs the question, as you hear Cowboys now, maybe their their base is going to be uh, five DBs out on the field. When is that going to swing the other way? When's the the Steelers now all of a sudden from go, going from one of the five worst offensive lines over yep. the last half dozen years to suddenly at least – uh, you know, in terms of potential, you would think this should be one of the top five. They're built to run the ball. They just don't necessarily have a high pedigree runner now with Mendenhall on the shelf. But is a team like that just going to suddenly expose these defenses that are equipped now, that are more and more equipped to handle the power? Are we going to see it now swing back and suddenly power football is going to win out?
2: Well, unless you're a stupid head coach, if someone wants to put five DBs on the field, mm-hmm. you're going to run the ball every down. You're going to space them and set them and shift and motion them to death until you have every advantage on angles to run the football. And so no one's reinventing the wheel when it comes to football. So if you want to put five DBs on the field, down in and down out, feel free. Unless you have a safety that's sitting at 240 that can kind of be a a tweener type position for you, good luck with that. Because I know the head coaches I've played for, Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, they'll be licking their chops all week knowing they're going to put up 45 points, they're going to run the ball, they're going to expose you in the pass game, they're going to make you commit your hand in certain ways to stop the run with your five DBs, and then they're going to throw the ball right over your head with two of the best quarterbacks in the business. So listen, it it is offensive football is about dictating to defenses what they can and can't do. The great quarterbacks, the great head coaches—they got it down pat, and the, everyone else is trying to catch up.
3: All right, well, look at my list quickly, if you would, Heath Evans. <laughs> as it is now, the running back has diminishing value, and in, in the—I mean, maybe in 2012. But you got a a nine on there. You got you got nine running well, backs, right? Listen, I don't. I because I'm not going to put, as you can see, I don't. I it's it's pretentious for someone like me to tell you who's a great left guard. I right. can't imagine. same thing. You know what? Justin, uh, Justin Smith, uh, you know, the recently retired, uh, you know, uh, Aaron Smith, these guys, it's almost pretentious for me to say, well, he's dominant, even though he doesn't make plays that, w- that I can see with the naked eye watching from up high in the stands. These guys are freeing up other people to make the plays. But on the, on the other hand, there are certain guys you'll see. I have Haloti Nada in there and uh, guys like that who you can visibly see push right. the center back in, and, and, and disrupt plays by getting into the backfield. Haloti Nada, I would say... Just about won a game against the Steelers last year by consistently doing that by pushing into the into the Steelers' backfield. Well,
2: Vince Wilfork, another guy. You yeah, That's, right. list, that's right? what I'm looking. That's what, what I'm looking for. I don't have him there. He all was, right, I don't he was have far him.
1: down on the players' list too, which kind of this year me. he did. He, last year I think he was like 41
2: or something. He made a big drop this year, but this year was his probably best year by far that I've ever seen him play. That you just hey, got swept those... up
3: in those interceptions. That's well, that, that's <laughs> part of it. I mean,
1: it's it's there. Do you feel like when the players make the list that some teams? perhaps maybe the players in the league don't like the Patriots or don't like a certain team, will that hurt them in the rankings and and help other guys who are on teams that you probably like, like John Kuhn, you know? It doesn't seem like a lot of teams hate the Packers. Like, People right. hate the Patriots.
2: Well, I mean, it's sad to say, but two teams I've been on—the Saints and the Patriots—have been in the news for not so good reasons. <laughs> and so, and, and you also you love to hate people that are the best, you know. And the Patriots have been at the top for a long time. Uh, the Saints' offense is—you can't argue with it's the best in football since '06. And so, um, I think there's a lot of nitpicking there. But yeah, there, there's a lot of reason uh, to hate a lot of players, you know. And I just I look at it as um, it's kind of like voting for the Pro Bowl. You know, a lot of players, I mean, they'll vote for someone who they have no chance of, of making it so that someone on their team will get more votes
3: or <laughs> won't
2: have to be competing. Oh, yeah. So, you know, everything, there's you can constantly find a way to skew votes. So... That's I, that. I have so the players really record. do that. That's, oh yeah, that, and, I, I and, love and it. voting for the Pro Bowl. Yes, you know what I mean. So like you know, uh, obviously we vote for the defense on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. So we obviously would want John Vilma or Teddy Bruschi to make it. So therefore, we'd vote for you know some average middle linebacker. Bobby that Carpenter. We, yes, exactly. Bobby, love you, buddy. But we, I got you. Got votes from me. You know, so, <laughs> but, uh, so that way Vilma or Bruschi or whoever was going to get, they didn't have. That's what we got to get rid
3: of anyway. we got to get I, – I like but, this sort but, of – But we
2: can't let the fans just – fans, I love you, but we can't just let y'all Why? vote too.
3: Why not? It's the Pro Bowl. Well, it's, it's, it's a fun – it's, 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 a, it's what, an irrelevant game by definition. You, it's
2: what you just said. You said, I can't grade out a defensive lineman. Or before we got on air, I can't watch a one single offensive lineman and put down the position and say, oh, man, this guy is dominant for X, Y, and Z. So the players playing against these guys, you know, they should have rules – Uh, you should put in the top X amount of players at that position and then the players should have to vote off those players. Maybe Maybe give them that rule. But the thing is, you know, we love our fans, and our fans are what make our game so our game so great. But we don't want to end up with someone in the Pro Bowl who truly doesn't belong because of. So you just vote. put like in like me. You can't <laughs> vote me in. No,
3: well, listen, don't don't <laughs> diminish yourself. If if uh, John Kuhn can be ranked in the top one hundred, you could be in a Pro Bowl. Believe me. Now, <laughs> I what I did is, as you can see, I just took entire offensive lines real quick. Though I got back to you said the Saints and Patriots thing. Um, to me. I say that the Patriots thing is worse. From, I mean, obviously, from a moral standpoint, if, in fact, the Saints were trying to injure somebody, trying to, to really cause a devastating injury, then that's morally wrong. But in terms of competitive edge, to me, it seems that the Patriots' deed was worse. It's the same thing as, you know, you talk about the Black Sox scandal. One thing we can't have is cheating in baseball. You know, those guys are never getting into the Hall of Fame. Well, that's not as bad as killing somebody or, or being a bitter racist like Ty Cobb was trying to intentionally spike guys and everything. But it, from a competitive standpoint, cheating in baseball is bad. Same thing here, if you follow my analogy.
2: I'll say this, and obviously I'm biased, and so you really can't take my opinion on anything, but most players around the league— when they're actually telling the truth with what the Patriots were doing, they'd say, mm, that's not even really that much of an advantage. And then when you go read the rules, you could say, man, Bill was inside the rules and what he was doing by the letter of the law. Bill never should have even been fined and there never should have been a so-called spy gate with what the patri- Excuse me. The Saints have allegedly been uh, branded of doing um, when that first broke, I called Drew Brees and said, "Man, are, are we nuts? Was this really going on right underneath our nose the whole time? We knew of big hits, we knew of what Greg Williams calls wax, where you hit a guy between his hip and his knee cuz that's what'll affect a wide receiver a ball carrier the most. You hate getting hit in the thigh cuz thigh bruises stink and you're out, you know, it's just they're just they're just monotonous, you know? Mm-hmm. So but I'm still trying to figure out half the same stuff myself. You know what I mean? And now we've got this big illegal mess and everything else, but yes, if you're looking at sheer cheating because every defensive player Their mindset is to take out every starting quarterback every single week. And if anyone told you different, they're lying. Because you always know you have a competitive advantage if you've got a second-string quarterback in there. Unless your second-string quarterback happens to be Michael Vick sitting behind McNabb, then maybe you want to keep McNabb in the game. But uh, all that being said, yeah, I mean, there is no room for cheating. The Saints weren't cheating at all. So if you're classifying Patriots as cheaters and Saints as – Malicious uh, doers of harm to people's bodies, then I don't want to belabor it. I don't want (laughs) to belabor it.
3: But here's the thing that, that that drives me crazy: people will always say, "Hey, listen, everybody in the '70s." People say, "Well, the Steelers' offensive line was all juiced." You know, that's well known now. I mean, how do you, how can you root for that team, Dave? Being a guy who grew up in Pittsburgh, doesn't that taint things for you? No, because everybody my assumption is that most everybody in those in the interior line was doing that across the league so there so there's no advantage to be gained why is it then that if this has been go if that if that had been going on among most teams in the end why have we never seen one shred of evidence why have we never seen one videotape from any team oh everybody does it they do then how come we haven't seen one team doesn't it seem in the 21st century that a videotape might have emerged that would prove that other teams are doing it The reason
2: every player, excuse me, every is a strong word. The reason most veteran players that play for Bill Belichick love him is the same reason why you haven't seen a shred of video come out of the Patriots organization. Um, Our team leaders had an opportunity to see some of the video of the Patriots catching other players doing it or other teams doing Mm -hmm. that to them. Eric Mangini just recently said, oh, I regret doing what I did. Listen. A lot of the coaches, I'm not going to mention names that came out with their all high and mighty, you know, oh, holy me, righteous. Mm-hmm. A lot of those same coaches are the same ones that uh, I know good and well were cheating just as well. So, all right. Um, and let's be honest. Signals. They all change every single week because smart players, like we were talking about at the top, Ray Lewis, you know, listen, they're going to get those things. I mean, Zach Thomas used to listen to the audio copies of the games, the TV copies of the games, so he could register in his mind the center snap count or the quarterback's audibles or the things that he could kind of get used to his voice and his cadence so he could time up blitzes better. So people, listen, you'll always find a way to to do things to, to kind of push the intent or the letter of the law.
3: All right. Now, you have to run. You're off to go do your fancy network show called Total Access. So <laughs> be it. One question for you, though. I have Aaron Rodgers, number one. I think it is loco that anybody would uh, could see it any other way. Tom Brady, three. Ben Roethlisberger, five. Do you think I am biased? Let me quickly just tell you why. Instead of you just reading the name and, and saying, well, Dave uh, is obviously looking at the world through black and gold colored glasses. <laughs> Roethlisberger and Rodgers are able to – and Mike Vick to some degree and Tony Romo with uh, less success um, and and, and worse health. Those guys can make plays behind crummy to – I mean, to to mediocre to just downright lousy offensive lines. Tom Brady, and you see I have the New England offensive line ranked highly, has benefited his entire career just about from playing behind a line that keeps him clean and memorably – the Giants in those two Super Bowls are the exception that proved the rule. Those guys could not be handled. Justin Tuck and beyond were, were, uh, were, were not to be controlled by that line. And Tom Brady looks completely mortal. Roethlisberger and Rodgers still win games even if guys are in their face just about from uh, the, the moment after the ball snapped. So that's why I have them ranked highly. Do you see anything? And I have uh, Drew Brees, uh, your boy, right behind Roethlisberger there at number six. Do you see any issue there with those, those top players? a half-dozen rankings.
2: I like your arguments, to be honest with you, because those two teams do have better offensive lines than the Steelers and the Packers. Now, I don't know if you're giving the Packers' offensive line enough credit, but the one thing you're missing out on is why those offensive lines are better. It is because of Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees. Because our day and age of football, the protection schemes change at the line of scrimmage. The quarterback is setting those protections based on his knowledge of studying film. So, why I grade Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, 1A, 1B, 1C, and probably even Eli Manning now 1D, hmm. the mental aspect of the game from when you break the snap or break the huddle, excuse me, to the snap of the ball is what makes a quarterback great in my mind. Because what's being done now is you're beating the defense you're getting ready to face on that individual down before the ball's ever snapped. And so in my mind, where I put Drew Brees and these guys ahead of Big Ben um, is really because of the intelligence factor of the game. We saw Big Ben grow leaps and bounds this year as a passer, in the pocket, and a structured offense. I think under Tom Haley, we're going to see more of that. Hopefully, we still get to see the big plays. But the offensive line, they're all talented across this league. Now, some are better than others. But most of the time, Peyton Manning, you said they win eight games. They probably would have won 10, 11, 12 because of what he does before the snap of the ball, putting them in the right place at the right time. Drew Brees. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, best in the business, far none.
3: I, I hear you, and I'm not going to belabor it uh, too much. <laughs> I'm going to let you go. But the one thing I'll say for Roethlisberger is, you know, he is the modern-day John Elway. Yep. He is the guy who – not you know, Brett Favre – gets a lot of that credit. He's kissed into this guy like, yeah, but in the last two minutes, I want Favre on them Not really. He's the guy who threw away exactly. a lot of big games. Yeah. Roethlisberger and Elway rarely. You can say the, the comparison between those two guys is, yeah, they have to pull off that last-minute comeback because they don't play as consistently <laughs> right. for the first 58. <laughs> But either way, I mean, when, when it counts and the game starts to come apart and it gets more ragged, I want Roethlisberger on the field. So if you're asking me who do I want for the last lap of a race, I'll take Roethlisberger over just about any of and those guys. all you got to say it, is
2: Big Ben's got two rings. It's that, really well, that's that exactly right. It's really that's, that simple. You know, Tommy can argue he's got three, but the rest of them?
3: Well, there's no point. there's yeah. not even an argument. <laughs> right. I'll tell you, I mean, though this is a stretch, this is a big what if, but if Roethlisberger throws a touchdown pass down 6 against the Packers two Super Bowls ago. Yeah. He throw I mean, one pass away from there being no discussion at all. Right. If he had 3 in 7 years, it would be there no one would talk it would be a, a race for second place. He might place. be 1A. Yeah, it would have to be. Yes. Right. Yeah, but what,
1: what, you you say that too, but what if the Cardinals make a stop in the Super Bowl against the the Steelers, Roethlisberger doesn't get a second. All right, second. I'm playing one. And, in. Boy, and, and what if we were to write
2: the ball in Super Bowl 42? I'd have two rings now and have 19 and 0. And I we retired three
1: years ago. And
2: <laughs> yeah, what uh, in the
1: name of Mike March happen there? I Why did you guys switch? You know what, man? I don't know. I don't know. It's <laughs> it's so hard to ever go against
2: <laughs> Bill Belichick and at the time Josh McDaniels and the way they were calling the game. But 19 and 0 sure does sound sweet, though, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. well, 18 and you. one. I'm still bitter that 's wow. why eli 's like i don 't know
3: what team was it what, which, which team, if you had a choice going into the Hall of Fame, what what helmet do you go in with if they did it like MLB
2: oh Lord, not that I 'll ever be close, but it would be Patriots. I owe so much to uh, to Bill Belichick and just taking a chance on me and really teaching me a lot about football that I never knew so
3: he 's a cool guy that 's the bottom line everybody 's always good humored you just don 't see it on the field he 's a cool he's guy he 's a
2: cool guy to the guys that want to do it his way, which is the right way with discipline, with structure with extra study time, with sacrificing for the benefit of the team, and never, ever, ever once thinking about yourself.
3: You have to go on a long weekend. matter of fact, you have to go on a drive across the country. Do you want to be in the car with Drew Brees? I'm stealing a bit from Adam Carolla here. Long drive across the country. Drew Breeze or Tom Brady? Who's more fun to go on the long drive with? You're oh, stopping fun. off. You're looking at the biggest ball of yarn in the world <laughs> you know, and one stop you're Tom
2: stop. Tom Brady, because Drew, he's so doggone calculated, it's like he's gotta he's gotta sit down and just like decipher through every decision for like he's gotta call five lawyers, he's gotta call the PR guy, <laughs> he's gotta do all this stuff. It's like we'd be he'd be calling the PR guy to see what type of burger we were gonna eat. And with, with Tommy <laughs> He's just got contacts everywhere, you know? So, I mean, if we needed the time, we just call him Lovato. We'd get a watch, you know? We need uh, shoes. We got Uggs, you know? We, I mean, whatever we need. <laughs> we got smart water. You know, we get thirsty, whatever it might be. We, we've got right, Brady's got answer. it all.
3: We, we love Drew Brees when we met him down at the Super Bowl and he was on our uh, NFL best. live show, too. <laughs> all right, listen, Heath Evans, you're a delight always uh, to see walking the NFL Network Halls. Thanks for the time here. Have a good time on Total Access tonight. By the way, one last uh, hypothetical for you. I tell you, you can only have one more food for the rest of your lives. Donuts, no, no, donuts, donuts. Great answer. Hit the hit the door without <laughs> one there.
2: <laughs> I got a problem with you. Got Matt Forte at forty-two on your list. Why should be higher? Oh my gosh, he's the most complete back in all. Of football. I love him. Unbelievable. I
3: love him, but look, I I, I had to so it, this is a this is top fifty-three. Who am I knocking down in favor? Who do you? Listen, I, I'll you do it for yourself. you. It's Dwight Franny. It's, it's,
2: it's, it's a passing league. I mean, Nandi. So you talk about areas. Vernon box, Davis. Great with the ball in the Andre hands. Jones. Adrian Peterson, great with the ball in his hands. We can talk about pass protection. We can talk about a wide receiver out of the backfield. I'm telling you, Matt Forte, folks. All right, I'm not
3: like you and your uh, your football playing <laughs> peers. Oh, my word sta- goes what I say. I, listen, this thing's fluid. I'll change it for you, Heath Evans. If you want me to move them up, I'll move them yeah, up a little put bit. Put him up there at 9B under Julius Peppers. 9B? <laughs> Top 10 now. Now you're pushing your luck, Evans. Go eat a donut, would you?
2: I'm going
1: to. Donut it is.
3: I'll tell you this, though. Dunkin' Donut, for me... <laughs> It was just – is it donut month or donut week or something that something, I see there? maybe, yeah. I always – people always go Look crazy. Look at me. It's always that, donut day for me. That's true. The Krispy Kreme, everybody goes on and on about. But it's got to be perfect it's, condition. It's, it's got to be glaze. warm. You and. know? Dunkin' I don't Donuts, like, all of them. That's you know raised. Dunkin' yeah. Donuts is where it's at, man. You. The, it's, are you from the East Coast, though? Yes. Yeah, see, we're biased.
2: We grew up on Dunkin' they, Donuts.
3: They love those raised. People like, like those raised. But if they're warm, but it's got to be glazed and it's got to be. Uh, no, don't give me stipulations. Just go go, go give me the buttermilk from uh, from uh, Dunkin' Donuts and a, and a big cup of the Joe on the side. No, nah, it's the bow tie. The bow tie from Dunkin' Donuts. I got to go do TA, guys. <laughs> go I'll do it. <laughs> go <laughs> ask them that same question. One food. <laughs> One food you can have. What's your answer, Rank? Tacos. Tacos. You can only eat tacos for us. I- I'm going to allow the choco taco. Oh, that has the it. ice cream in it too. <laughs> if you want that one, I don't care. My the correct is answer the is the always... Can you switch the meat? Sure. Always- yeah. See, yeah, you I'm not telling it, you, you can- have to make it a pork burrito. See, then you
1: have yeah. Then you have uh,
3: or, or, or or taco. The correct answer is of course pizza. Pizza is the best thing. You can't, I mean, you could eat that. I did it. I ran a little experiment. This is by no means the end-all, be-all experiment. But I did once see on a long weekend if I could make every meal pizza. And I did it for four straight days, and I didn't bat an eye. I had no difficulty whatsoever. And I wasn't mixing in Chicago-style deep dish one day. Yeah, I wasn't doing that game maybe i mixed up some uh, some nice sliced meatball as a topping on one pizza and then on the next i went uh, i went vegetables but mm-hmm. either way it was it was your standard pie and i made it like i say without any difficulty there the close second though tacos I don't know if that's even top ten, but the but the but no, the close second sandwiches. They're really making a push. They're doing a lot of good work in the sandwich industry these just days. Just sandwiches in a, general. Sandwiches, I said. No,
1: nah, you got to be more specific I, than just sandwiches. Why, why?
3: The Earl of Sandwich has created uh, a food delicacy, and that's it. It's a it's a sandwich. It's close, but it's not going to pass pizza, <laughs> I don't think. But it's on the rise. Like I say, same as my top one hundred list. It's fluid. These things are subject to change. Maybe keep on doing what you're doing, sandwich, and who knows? Maybe one day you'll jump ahead of uh, pizza on my list. All right, so Rank, uh, good stuff uh, today. Make sure, don't forget, um, NFL.com, all the uh, look for the fantasy page, me and Rank and everybody else uh, weighed in on all the uh, pressing issues here in June. It's not too soon. You're going to be drafted in about two months now. So uh, look it up, uh, all the uh, the stuff that we did there. Um, Lastly, we honor the player in NFL and uh, and beyond the athlete who wore the number best and uh, re- as related to the episode number that's the clunkiest uh, <laughs> explanation of what I'm, <laughs> of something very simple uh, ever but so this is episode number 70 what player wore it best there, rank
1: well we got art donovan who became famous after his playing days for those commercials he's and delightful. everything he's a he's a he's a festive fellow So everybody likes him. Jim Marshall, the guy who will probably be best remembered for running the ball the
3: other way. That stinks. How is that? That's that's a Bill Buckner thing. Beyond, yeah. Jerome Bettis. You know what's a funny thing with Bettis? I feel like in spite of all of his uh, his accomplishments, the near – disastrous end to his career yeah. the fumble in indianapolis is emerging now as the signature play of his career yeah. like oh, he got lucky that that didn't happen uh, people like me bring it up so much i think Everybody it's, it's brings starting it to overshadow everything and now that i
1: know his feelings on the nfl returning to los angeles i really wish that that would have happened
3: so jim marshall then you have uh, going up against uh going up against the great colt art donovan you had sam huff on sam the other huff. side from the, the violent Cold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The violent world. The violent world of Sam Huff. He was a handsome devil too. Was you ever he? see him interviewed back in like uh, in the fifties? Yeah. What? What a handsome duo. G- he and Frank Gifford. The hay they must have made in Manhattan. Yes. Yeah. Frank Gifford, the most popular athlete in New York in the fifties. Yeah, I think he did all right. Best thing with Gifford is the old. Uh, I, I can't find it on YouTube anywhere, but. I've seen an ad of him shot in black and white of course with him with that giant's cape that they all wore back in the day. Right. they still wear they don't wear the capes anymore, do they? No, cuz they got they kind of do. But I, I feel think. like the G men kind of do still have a cape sort of like the candy stripe pants, uh warm-up pants on the uh on the Indiana Hoosiers. But anyway, ha, uh, there's a great ad of Frank Gifford. Burning a nail in his locker, they've made him up to look like a game just ended, and he's mm-hmm. relaxing after the game. He's kind of dirty, and he's got the lamp black under his <laughs> eyes, and he's smoking a cigarette. And he's like, ah, after a tough game, I like to re- to, re- to relax with a Marlboro or whatever kind <laughs> of cigarette he's he's chilling right. for." <laughs> that's the greatest. Can you imagine? Like that's how you, yeah, that's just how you end your game. That's a, it's a different time. It's a it, it was a different time back then. They <laughs> but used to say, "Yeah, <laughs> that's how like you
1: do it." They would go into uh, the locker room at halftime
3: of an NBA game. And everybody would be smoking away. How great. How <laughs> crazy is that? Now it's just kept the Jimmy Leland um, and uh, members of the Detroit Lions. But anyway, but that's a different kind of smoking, and that doesn't happen out on the field. All right. So who are we going to give it to? Huff is the greatest of those names. Or is Jim Marshall, really? <sighs> or, or is Art Donovan so delightful he trumps all? I'm happy to go with him, fella. Let's I like, do our Donovan. I find him delightful. And if you don't know who he is, look him up on YouTube. He has so many great yarns. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He seems like a movie football player rather than somebody who actually played.
1: It's so it's weird because seventy has drawn us to, you know, kind of a logjam of guys that could have gone either way. Unlike some of these other numbers in the '60s where we just were, just kind of didn't have anything to choose from. No, this is a tough one. Can we do? I, I guess we we
3: can't do all three because that seems. Who aren't Donovan Huff or Marshall is what those are our three. Basically, it's yeah. come down. I feel like there was a pitcher who wore 70. I know Jose Teodor of, uh, of, uh, the blue blanc A. rouge between the pipes wore number 70. I'm, oh my, well, I guess I'm not pot because now I'm thinking he wore 60, not 70. Who cares? Because he's not in the running. I say yeah. let's give it to Art Donovan. None. Throwback. Throwback. Um, all right. So with that being said, be on the lookout. Today is Monday that we're recording this, so we have two full days until our next podcast, Wednesday night. Be on the lookout for that, as always. Me and Rank are going to be evaluating the players' top 100 list numbers, uh, what are we on now, Four, uh, 50 to 41? Is that where we're going? I think this? it's 40 Oh, to we're 30? going 40 to 31 this week, yeah. So that's on the network on Wednesday night, and then immediately after, after we watch it, me and Rank knock out a podcast. So we're going to do that, be on the lookout for that on Wednesday night. And uh, in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.
1: but it's actually bingo night.
4: Mini-golf, anyone?
1: It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's
0: go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com.